Blog Talk Radio. Hire Jewel, H I R E T 
T-U-A-L, the super-duper sourcing tool, and Nick Livingston, the CEO. This guy is the CEO of Honeit, H-O-N-E-I-T, the online interview technology. And you know what? That was a nice shout by Jerry, but it was recorded. He's not here. Didn't tell me he's not coming. I don't know if he's on vacation. I'm going to stop paying this guy soon, okay? Because he just never comes. He, and when he's here, half the time he never says anything, okay? I'll introduce the guest. Guest told me before the show he's not singing. What kind of guest is that? Matt James Gibbs. M-A-T, this is his Twitter name, M-A-T-T James, G-I-B-B-S. He's in San Francisco, I think, but he's originally from Australia, uh, and maybe he's part of the Bee Gees. Are you related to those guys, Matt? (laughs) No, I'm not. I've got an S at the end of my surname. So I'm, uh, okay. I'm, I'm one, uh, one degree removed. Well, no, no, I thought maybe you just added the S. So, you know, because you look like the handsome ones. Andy died, right? And Barry, that's the, I don't know, there's two There's two good twins. They're not very good looking. But uh, anyway, you because I, I put up that picture of you and your wife, I assume, you look like uh, models. Anyway, we'll move uh, on. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's one of the, uh, one out of a thousand that actually looks okay. So uh, my, okay. my wife. Well, I know that's not true because. Yeah, I saw another picture, but that one's especially good. Anyway, uh, you are a uh, agency recruiter, and you're the co-founder of a company called Recruiterly. Okay, I'm going to ask you to tell us about that in a minute. Is there anything else though that I should use as an intro? Something I should say about you? Um, I mean, we we, still, we own and operate a recruitment agency as well. We, we own uh, in uh, and operate yeah, that in, I just in Hong say Kong. That? Didn't I just say that? Oh, your agency's in you Hong Kong? You said I was a recruiter. Yeah, I don't think you said that, unless I'm missing something. Recruiter, uh, I've, I've worked in the UK, I've worked in Australia, I've worked in, um, in, in obviously, Hong Kong, and, and we've got an agency there, and, obviously, Recruitly is a, uh, a U.S.-based business. When was the last time you worked as a recruiter? You've actually made, made a placement or tried to. Maybe two weeks ago? Okay, so you're a recruiter. I'm right. Don't argue with me. Let's get the show on the road. Look, you're very big on branding. People are going to hear a lot about that, I assume, you know, on the show, although I don't consider it a particularly great topic. You do. Okay, so I was wondering, do you check, if you have a candidate, do you check the candidate's social media uh, <coughs> imprint before you move ahead with him or her? Like, will you go to the candidate's Facebook page uh, and look for problematic pictures and postings. Yes or no? Um, typically no, but that's that's based purely on the industry that I recruit into. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, but the industries I recruit into is typically heavy industry. So um, let's just say that type of candidate typically isn't uh, prevalent on social media. Uh, maybe it has a simple basic profile on Facebook, but we've, we've tried that route. But, um, you know, if you're looking for a big burly sort of miner or, you know, someone who runs a, a mining operation, you know, they're not typically too oh, involved so you know, in so social media. Hypothetically, hypothetically, I'll give you the example that, <laughs> that was where, on Jerry's group where I read this. If you have a candidate, you go to her Facebook page, and there's a picture of herself wearing a vagina hat and carrying a sign that says, fuck Trump. Are you going to tell her to take that down? Yes. Yeah? Anybody else want to talk about that? Lots of people here. Maybe Jim Durbin. Does it re- hey, uh, Paul here. Does it really go away even if they take it down? 
Yeah, sure. Sure it does. Yeah. Okay. To the average person. To me, yeah, uh, typically it does. I mean, there, 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 there are cliches or cachets, whatever you want to say, that, that capture a lot of this information. And if it's gone from Facebook and it's gone somewhere else, then, yeah, it can still be found on the Internet. But, you know, I think as a recruiter, if I've got my recruiter hat on, you've got to obviously uh, make candidates aware that it's not just us that would look at their social profiles. It's also the employer. Yeah, yeah. Look, i got to tell you something. I listen to your other podcast. You're too wordy, okay? Just get to the point here. Don't make a speech. Say yes or no. I would take it down. I would tell her to take it down, even though if I, you know, I think it's funny, you know. But I would probably say, look, you might want to take that down. Anybody else? Anybody else want to actually say they would tell the candidate to take it down? Jerry showed up. Jerry, would you tell her to take it down, or would you refuse to work with her? Okay, he's not even answering. Nobody's answering. It's a funny one. It's an easy one. Okay, if you well, have you never admitted if you would. I recruiter admitted if you would. I admit it. Take I know, it but down. You're an Don't be a person fool. in Canada. Okay. Okay. Look. Look. Uh, what about? Clients, since you're still a recruiter, do you ever have clients who don't pay you on time? Matt, Matt James yeah, Gibbs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, I think it's a it's a big phenomenon. Yes. What's your, yeah. what's your what's your standard payment rate? You know, time. Thirty days after the start date. Thirty days. What, 30, 30, days Thirty days after the start date is pretty standard for us. We'll, we'll try and obviously negotiate okay. that down depending on what we need. But yeah. Okay, so if, you know, 45 days have gone by, what, what do you do? Um, we've learned the hard way that uh, we chase immediately. So we'll send letters and, and, and so on for, as soon as the, uh, the payment is late by one day. You, you'll, by one day, you'll send a letter, what, an email or a lawyer's letter? What are you talking about? No, no, no. So first there'll be a follow-up from ourselves, you know, making them aware that, the, that they'll see the payment's late and then, you know, 14 days or 21 days after that, you know, we'll probably have two or three follow-up emails, maybe a phone call. Um, and if there's well, no... Well, hold on. Let me... Uh, wait a second. Illegal. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, 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 why don't you just get on the phone right away? Why leave it like, you know, passive? You send an email hoping they'll see it. They could say, oh, I didn't see that email. But if you get them on the phone, they can't say we didn't talk. Why don't you just go straight to no. the phone? Well, we do both. No, you didn't say that. You said, oh, I send a few I emails first, that. then I phone them. Okay, so e- day emails 40. And, emails and phone. Okay, so day 31 comes and you get on the phone. Is that what you said? Correct. Yeah, okay. And what, who do you call? The the person you were dealing with or accounts payable? Hiring. What's the story there? Or what, or, always the hiring manager because or the person with the authority to pay the invoice. And what do you say? Um, your payment site. Is, is there a reason? No, no, I, want, I, like to, I like to get the exact words. I got. I got to tell you, you got a problem. You're going to have a problem when we start talking about your your articles. I read a you know a ton of articles by you, and there's not one concrete example in any of them. So on this show, that's what we insist on. If I say, "What do you say to the guy?" Don't speak in general terms. Say these are the words I use, so someone who's listening to the show can go away and use those words themselves. Okay? What do you say? Come on. I'm asking you again. Okay. I'll try and give you something verbatim without being too wordy. So, Mr. Hiring Manager, um, I notice you haven't made payment. Is there a reason? Is there an issue? Is there something that we can discuss? 
something simple. It doesn't need to be formal. It's just a casual chat. You should already have a good relationship with that hiring manager. And what do they usually say? Um, oh, you know, oversight, typically. I'll chase it up with accounts. I mean, that's pretty much 90% of the responses. 60 days go by. You haven't got it yet. What happens? Um, by 60 days, we'd probably be sending a, a letter of demand. If we've got no intent from them, um, and it's clear that they're, they're you know, looking to not pay, then we'll send a letter of demand. Okay, well, you don't know. They might say, okay, does anybody else want to address this? Anybody else? Nobody? Not one person? No one's ever had late payment and tells, wants to tell us how they deal with it? Paul Lipman, are you still hey. here? Hey, Animal, it's Rich Rosen. Go ahead. Hey, so I mean, honestly, we don't get too many that are late, but when we do, if they're 60 days late and they're not responding to email with anything concrete, you know, Massachusetts and most states have a similar law called 93A for unfair and deceptive business practices. Usually you just let them know, hey, listen, this is going to, you know, send them a note to the CFO, CEO, HR, everyone that's involved. Say, listen, can't understand why this isn't getting paid. We did our job, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> you know, this is going to court. Once it goes to my lawyer, we're just going to court. It's 93A. It's triple damages in Massachusetts plus legal fees. Okay, but hold on. So that- isn't the whole issue uh, – I don't want to – isn't isn't the whole issue, though, you you got you want to make another placement with this company. You don't want to yeah. alienate them. I don't care. If, if, <laughs> if, if they're going yeah. yeah, to screw me or late, pay me late, I can give a shit if I do work with them again or not. Okay, you know? well, I did a contingent What if they want to pay you in 90 days? I mean, uh, you're still going to get That's paid. That's right, and they should have signed the contract that says pay in 90 days. Not a contract that says pay me at offer or pay me in 30 days. Jim Durbin, final word. Do you have an opinion? Still here? Uh, I never had a problem with it when I was independent. I only had problems with it when I was working for a staffing firm. So it's been so long I can't remember. Uh, do you want to say anything about what Jim hasn't called in for a while? you want to say anything about your current life or update us or, or just pass on that? <laughs> no, I just wanted to listen to you guys. Although I will tell okay. you, I'm a thin 215 pounds, just so you know. Oh, great. I did. <laughs> I'm just bragging on I did. I, I met you quite a while ago. I thought you looked pretty good at the time, so you know maybe you put on some weight. I'm even thinner than I was back then. So just you know, oh, okay. just want people to know it's possible. Congratulations! Any any special uh, regime that you're following that you want to share very quickly? Just just Your exercise and good food. Okay. No, okay. I think a lot a lot of bacon fat. That's all. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now look uh, back to you, Matt. Matt, you with me? Yeah, Matt. Okay, you know yeah. Jeff, you know who Jeff? Do you know who Jeff Bezos is? Um, isn't he that guy that runs that shopping e-commerce yeah, site called Amazon? Yeah, him. He runs Amazon. <laughs> he says he says that it, before you hire somebody, you have to ask yourself, will I admire this person? Do I admire this person? Do you think that's fair, or it's setting the bar a little too high? Would you tell a hiring manager to keep that in mind? when he or she was considering your candidate, do I admire this person? I, I don't think hiring managers should settle. I think they should hire the person they believe is the best person for that role or for that company. Well, you, you, uh, for sure. That's not I mean, an answer. You're dodging the question. I asked a specific thing, okay? Do you admire him? So you didn't say no. Admire. Admire is a specific word. Let's move on. Next question. <laughs> you said... So there's so many rec-to-rec agencies out there. These are recruiting agencies that recruit recruiters. 
And you say there's so many of them, it's the proof that recruiters are no good at hiring recruiters. They have to go and get an agency to do it for them. Are you going to stand by that on this show? I, I, absolutely, 100%. Recruiters are typically not very good at hiring their own recruiting staff. But that, that's Why not? a sales industry issue. That's just math and all of our history, though. <laughs> what do you mean? I, I'm, I'm lost. Come on. What do you mean, Jim? Our turnover rates are like 200% in, in, in the staffing world. The, the whole point yeah. of the that's MRI thing was to hire five people so one would stay after a year. We've never been good at this. Okay, so but, you're saying no, no. Is, yeah, go ahead, Paul. The question you were asking, though, Animal, this is Paul, is using an agency to find the people, not necessarily to hire the people. It's to find them. I mean, there's a difference. You're hiring your own people. Okay, yeah. Let's don't play with words. I just scolded the guest for doing well, that. Okay. I'm not playing <laughs> yeah. with words. You're using an I agency. Think the question <laughs> is, no. Here's the question. The question is. The real question is is that are recruiting agencies terrible at going out and finding good good recruiting candidates? And if it's not their niche, then and it's somebody else's niche, then you should put your money where your mouth is and use an agency. It's kind of stupid not to. No, I think Jim's answer was better. You've got to hire so many recruiters just to get one who stays that you need help. Because it's just too much work. Okay, that's his answer. Matt James Gibbs, what's your answer? Why are recruiters bad at recruiting other recruiters? The niche thing. Um, yeah, it is the niche thing. I mean, I think that's a good point. And, and also, um, where's the validation? Where's the proof? Right? You're hiring someone. Salespeople are good at selling, right? So they're, they're good at selling themselves in the interview. But where's the validation? Where's the proof in terms of is that person any good? It's a hard, it's, it's Sales in any industry is hard to find. Hard to find and hire that, that rock star salesperson. Yeah, I, yeah, that's a non-answer. Michael G. Cox, you, you said you want to say something. Did you? No, well, sorry, I mumbled something there. Um, it's just it, I think it is a niche thing because if you ask me to go do some technical recruiting, I'm going to do pretty horribly and possibly end up re- recommending that, you know, like what Jim said, hire five and hopefully one works um, because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. But uh, I don't need to go out and hire somebody to do sales recruiting for me because that's what I've been doing forever and a day. Okay, so, yeah, nobody had is, a good answer. I, I'm going to go with Jim's answer. I no, like that. No, that is a good answer. You might not have liked it, but that's okay. Yeah, okay. You know what? I'm going to do an ad, and then we're going to talk about recruiterly, okay? But you that's you got to think about how to present recruiterly in a way that we're going to be interested in it, Okay. So you think about that, Matt. But right now I'm going to talk about PC Recruiter. Hey, everybody, Recruiting Animal here for PC Recruiter. You know what? There's all kinds of recruiters. Some recruiters are doing direct hire. Others are doing staffing. And some are doing executive search. And you know what? Some people say that all these recruiters need their own special software directed at their niche. But you know what? PC Recruiter doesn't say that. No. And I'm going to tell you why. Because PC Recruiter is configurable. They don't impose one format on you. They don't impose a specific structure on you. You make the software do what you want it to. Okay? And if, you know, you're the kind of person who says, ah, just like Michael G. Cox said, I'm not technical. I can't configure anything. Don't worry about it. They got a team that wants to help you. Okay? 
They'll help you. doesn't matter if you're a, with a, a big agency or a, a small team, if you're in your basement, like we talked about last week, working on your own. They love you. If you're a recruiter, recruit, PC recruiter loves you, and they say, big or small, we help them all. So go check out PCRecruiter.net. PCRecruiter.net. Back to Matt James Gibbs. He's going to tell us all about his new company, Recruiterly.com. What is it? And i got to tell you something. Here, you know, I, I just feel like criticizing you, Matt. I, you seem like a nice guy, but I'm very aggressive today. You said something. Here's what, you, here's what he says about his company. Go divide this sentence into three parts, okay? Recruiterly is a community-driven, industry-specific, digital ecosystem that helps both individual recruiters and companies to build their brand in a way that differentiates them as experts in their given markets thanks to these three primary facets. That's too much! It's a mouthful! I don't like it! I can't I get ten words in, I can't remember what went already, and I got 50 words more to get through in one sentence. Go change that! Now tell us what it is. I don't understand. Oh, well, it, okay, well, in its simplest form, it's, it's a better way for candidates and clients to find and connect with recruiters. And then we do that by helping recruiters to actually differentiate themselves. You know, there's a myriad of tools we've built, but I won't go into those because it gets too wordy. But effectively, how does anyone right now, today, unless you've got a prior relationship, find an expert recruiter that you know is an expert in your niche? And Recruitly does that. Recruitly helps recruiters stand out. It's corporate. It's, it's agency. If you're a recruiter, you can use the platform. Okay, so if you're Jerry, he was here a little while ago. He disappeared, I guess. Too busy. Okay, but he's an IT uh, contract recruiter, okay, and he's very good at what he does. He's a friendly guy. He likes to visit people and have a few beers with them. Uh, how, how would he use recruiterly? Would he so put up a – Jerry would uh, – Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Jerry jumps on, creates his, his profile on microsite, whatever you want to call it, and you start to add in your placement history. Uh, we then capture ratings and reviews. So people can validate how good you are as a recruiter. But you can use the branding tools and the reputation management tools and the social media tools to basically you know, use content marketing. Um, build your audience. Sorry, I don't understand, you know, I don't understand what you're saying. You're talking too fast with an accent. Give me a break. So what does he do? Put a profile <laughs> up there and then it's like Glassdoor? People come and rate him? Is that what you're saying? Is that what you said? People can write. Yeah, yes, but the model is a bit different to Glassdoor. So it's candidates and clients that you've actually worked with that will rate you. So we want to celebrate success. We don't want to, uh, I guess, have the glass door effect. Um, so it's, got not honest. it's not 100% honest, in other words. It's only good ratings. Is that right? If someone doesn't no, like Jerry, no. if someone Bad doesn't like happen. Jerry, you, you know, you said you're not going to let a, a comment go up there. Is that what you said? No. No, so bad ratings still happen, but we want those to be used in a better way. So the mission behind Recruitly is to improve the industry. I mean, I, I'm tired. I'm, I'm a very, very good recruiter at what I do, and I'm tired of battling the stigma of all recruiters are bad, right, because someone's had one bad experience. So you know, at an organizational level, you want to see the bad ratings that your, your recruiters are getting, or at an individual level, you want to know where a relationship's gone wrong. All right, so those bad reviews still come into the system, and it gives you an opportunity to speak to the candidate or the client and go, hey, what, what, went, what went wrong? 
Okay, and we've got analytics that we're building in that will allow company management to look at you know, performance at a branch level and at a per recruiter level. Okay, well, you know, where's the candidate experience? Where's the client experience? What's happening? So that's inside the system. You know, the, the mission is to improve the industry, and we can do that by raising the standards uh, through training and coaching development. Uh, uh, sorry, I don't under, I, you know what? I lost you two minutes ago. I, I maybe I, I, I was my fault. I wasn't paying close attention. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, so uh, uh, hold on. Uh, let's get back. Can somebody help me? Michael G. Cox, Jim, Paul, somebody. What's he talking about? Does anybody know? Is it just uh, me? I don't know. He had he lost me at hello. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> no, no clue. You put up a profile. You put up a profile for your company. Is yes or no, uh, Matt? Yeah. You put up your recruiting firm. Okay. So you tell what your specialty is, right? And uh, you describe your firm, uh, hopefully with shorter sentences than you use to describe uh, that site. Now, then people can comment, your clients and candidates, they can comment on your profile. Is that right? Am I right about that? They can comment on your, they can give you ratings and reviews, and they can uh, engage with you with your content that you produce. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, So somebody who's looking to hire a recruiter, they can actually go there and talk to you about what you do. Is that right? The profile clearly articulates with analytics what you do, where your specialties uh-huh. are, and then we validate yeah. that with placements. Now, the okay. user scenario for Jerry, very simple user scenario. Let's say, for example, someone's launching a new business in his specific geography, right? They need an IT contract recruiter. They can search yeah. for an IT contract recruiter in that specific area, and then we provide the results to the best recruiters in that area. They can connect with them. Okay. And, how, and how, does the, that, how does the prospective client know that Recruiterly exists? Well, that's our job. Like, how, how would an organization know to go there to find a recruiter? Or why would they go there yeah, to well, find a recruiter? Well, there's some interesting. We did some deep dive on some natural just Google stats, right? I think it's something in the order of 140,000 plus searches per month for recruiters in the U.S. So. People are searching for recruiters, but there's nothing that's being served. All you find is, you know, the, the big box brands that are advertising. So the platform is built to be search engine friendly. So for new clients that are searching on Google, they will find your profile. They'll find your profile because you're pushing content out. You'll push content out via social media channels. And then we will do our job in driving clients, or prospective clients and candidates, to you as a recruiter. So if we've got, you know, 50 recruiters in IT, in, I don't know, Atlanta, um, our job is to drive interest to those city recruiters. Okay, hold on a second. Michael G. Cox, did, did he answer your question? Yeah, yeah. Um, Can I, you I don't tell know me what he said? If... Can you tell me, and Michael G. Cox, speak louder. Can you talk into your phone? Here's what I think he said. They get you doing all kinds of social media so your company gets a, a, a good SEO, a good ranking on Google, or recruiterly itself has good SEO. So if someone's searching for an IT contract recruiter in Fort Wayne, Indiana, then Jerry's going to come up near the top of a Google search, uh, either on his own or through the recruiterly site. Is that what you're saying, Matt James Gibbs? That is one way that clients will find. It's not the only way, but it is one way that recruiterly will benefit a recruiter. So you've got good SEO. That's one of the things that you offer. Is that right? Well, the platform has good SEO, but then the individual profiles will have good SEO because they're relevant. You know, Google wants yeah, relevancy okay. in their searches. 
It's relevant. Okay. So they'll find you. So what, what's this whole stuff? You're always talking about is the, this blogging and all this stuff. Is, is the blogging going to take place on your site? Is that is that it? This brand building takes place on Recruiterly? Correct. Okay, it's nice and short answer, but uh, I mean, so you've got the you've got the platform for that as well. Is there anything else that we should know? Yeah, well, look, I mean, the, the user decides how much content they want to push. I mean, it's a micro site for you as an independent or an individual recruiter that may work for a big brand. If you want to add videos about maybe a Monday morning vacancy you picked up or your latest greatest candidate, all of this will, will be on your can exist on your unique profile, and that stays with you forever. Right, I mean, there's a really good scenario here where maybe as a recruiter, three years in, they want to change companies. They change companies, they lose all of that track record, all of that brand. But we, we, you know, we solve that problem. So, you know, we just want to help recruiters to stand out. Um, that's one side of it. We're about to deploy a marketplace, so um, that marketplace will specifically qualify inbound leads that we will send through to recruiters. So that's a massive value add that we know is in demand. Uh, most of the recruiters on the platform have requested that feature. So we're building that. Um, we've got wait a you know, job boards coming. We've wait, wait, wait. Yeah. What's that feature? You come with the candidates and you send them out to the recruiters? Is that is that what you're saying? Candidates and clients, correct. Well, how do you get them? We market. As I oh, said, so you're you, doing the lead a, gen. A, you're doing the lead, the lead gen. gen for recruiters. Correct. Okay. Well, couldn't you just say it? Couldn't you just say it so I'd understand it? I love that. There I is. love that you just used the word lead gen animal. That's amazing. Why? Why? <laughs> it's only taken like 15 years to get people to the point of saying things like lead gen. What's the opposite of lead gen? Is there an opposite? <laughs> no clients. Demand generation. Oh, okay. You're too smart, but he's into that as well. That's with all the blogging, right? Correct. And pipelines. He believes in pipelines too. But I don't know. Is recruiter help? Does recruiterly help people uh, have pipelines that they can pump out information to on a regular basis? Matt. Yep. Yep. All you do is upload whatever information you want on your profile, and we have a scheduler which we built for free. So you set uh-huh. when you want, you know, posts to go out to Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. So you can basically push all of your content across your key social channels. Okay. I mean, we all know so that that works, right? So it's a free tool that comes with the profile. Okay. And uh, what about this lead gen? If they give you a candidate, uh, how do they pay for it? Or, I mean, if you give them uh, a candidate, if you give someone a or, or, or and you they place them. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, only on success. So I'm just, I'm just, only on the success. So if we give you a client and you make a placement, we give you a candidate and you make a placement. As long as we are the ones that have qualified that candidate and they come through our system, then you pay us upon success. If they've reached uh-huh. out to you via your social channels because of the activity you're doing, then that's, that's your candidate. You, you manage that candidate. We don't, we don't want yeah, to okay. no, no, We're talking you know, about your special lead, lead gen business. Jim, is there anything yeah. else we should talk about on the demand gen side? That's the hip thing these do, days. Do you understand what he's, he's doing? He's basically saying, it's like a, think of it as a mini LinkedIn just for recruiters. Yeah. If I go to LinkedIn, I can't tell if anybody's any good. So he's collecting it, same way the job board's used to. But instead of just saying, here's a resume, he's saying, here's, here's what this recruiter is good at, and you can fish in our pond and pay us if you find somebody. Okay, no, no. The clients don't pay. The clients don't pay, do they? 
James. Clients don't pay. Clients or candidates do not pay us. The recruiter will pay if we've given you someone that you can make a placement with. Okay. Okay, but what's the basic rate uh, for just using using Recruiterly as your uh, multimedia uh, SEO, um, uh, opti- you know, search engine optimized, uh, essentially website? What are you uh, What are you paying for that on a monthly basis? It's free. So there's there's it's tiered. Free. It's a premium model. So you, the, the basic profile is free. You can create a profile. You can build your profile up. You can add content, share it through social media. All of those tools are free. If you want okay. additional branding, then uh-huh. you upgrade. And it's, it's 39 bucks a month or it's 69 bucks depending on the tier. Um, okay. So you can, it's free. It doesn't cost you anything to use it and improve your profile. Okay. Now one more thing. Okay. You said yeah. – that an individual recruiter, so an individual recruiter, even if he or she is working for another recruiting firm, they can create their mm. own profile. Is that what you're? Are you selling to companies or individual recruiters within those companies, or both? Both and including corporate recruiters too. It's for it's for the individual recruiter to build their profile, but they they can be part of a large organization. And there's one tool which we haven't discussed. If you are part of a large organization, you all get connected to your own private community. So when you log in, you can see all of the activity from all of the other recruiters in your own specific company. Okay. You mean what postings they've put up and stuff like that? I mean, what's there to see? Yeah. So if, for example, you get a lead-in, let's say you get a candidate, that will go to your private feed, and then other recruiters in that organization might have a candidate to share with you, or they might have a client that might need that candidate. So... You know, the, the issue with communication intra and inter recruitment companies, uh, I've experienced it everywhere I've worked. So we've, we've built a collaborative sort of social feed. Um, when you join, you know, Matt Gibbs Recruiting, uh, if there's 20 staff, then they'll all be part of that private feed. Okay, well, I don't know what the advantage is, but I'm going to do another ad. <coughs> but you specifically say, <coughs> excuse me, on Twitter, I got a quote for a week and a half already. You say scaling yep. a recruitment company is difficult. They can be super profitable under 10 employees, but growing past 10 is challenging. Okay, I'd like you to expand on that after I do this ad for my good friends at Hire Tool. I say Hire Tool. They say Hire Tool. Here's how you spell it, H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L. But I'm sure you know that already because it's the most popular, most famous, super-duper sourcing tool in the world today. Here's how it works if you've been in a, a cave, you know, in Thailand or somewhere, and you don't know how, uh, you've never read about it or heard about it. You go to HireTool.com. You put your search requirements in in ordinary English. You don't have to know Boolean. They build the string for you automatically, and then they search a whole pile of websites like GitHub, like LinkedIn, like Facebook, and then they return the results in a ranked list from the top to the bottom, the people who are closest to what you're looking for. But they also guess which people are ready to make a move. They guess what salary people are earning. I don't know how they do it. and Actually, I don't even know how accurate it is, but I know they guess those things. So go check it out. And there's one more thing. They're very good at providing contact information, both for work and personal email and phone numbers. People rave about it, and you can check that out for free. Go to HireTool, H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L.com, get their Chrome extension, and try it out. Now we're going back to my good friend, my good new Australian-American friend, 
Matt James Gibbs. And I got to tell you, everybody, I could promote this guy's website better than he can, okay? He uses too many words. He's not direct. He doesn't just give you a list. This is what it does, five things. These are them. And then expand on it later. He starts going off on, you know, details that it's more than a man like me can process at one time. You know, maybe geniuses like Michael G. Cox or Jim Durbin or Paul Lippman can handle it. Or Rich, Rich the moneymaker, but not me, okay? You have to dumb it down. I don't think all the recruiters are smart like them. They're more like me. Okay, Matt. Back to you. What about building a yeah. big recruiting company? What's wrong with that? Why is that so hard? And why do you claim it's easy to build a small firm? Um, overhead. Simple. So if you've got three or four staff, typically you're all going to be very good. You know each other. You know they're good. Um, you're making placements. No one's off the tools. Even the company leadership is on, on the tools. You get to sort of 10 plus. You've got to manage staff. You've got to do the you know higher five. Only one works out. Overhead is a massive issue when you get post 10. Now, once you get up to 30, 40, 50, yeah, you can, you can again, have another, a very profitable business. But there's that medium section, which is difficult. So it's just it's, – so, it's, <coughs> so scaling is just the money. It's just capitalizing it. That's, that's all you meant. Is that right? That's the main well, thing. Is that right? No, not really. Not really. I mean, recruitment businesses, especially permanent recruitment businesses, are very cash flow positive, typically. Um, the issue is overhead. That's the main issue. So when you're four people, everyone's on the tools, everyone's billing. When you get to 10 plus, you know, company leadership has to spend time focusing on building the company. You're losing billing consultants. It's an overhead issue. It's a simple okay, I don't understand. I'm moving on. I don't understand. The role of the phone in recruiting, you say that pounding the phones is not scalable. Recruiters need to be proactive, providing great content and nurturing the person to person communications. Where is it? Somewhere you said 14 years ago when you started as a recruiter, you made 40 calls in the morning and 40 calls in the afternoon, and that's not the future of recruiting. You think that's stupid now. Am I right about that? Why, well, it's not efficient, is it? Well, yes, it is. To me, it is. What's wrong with it? Well, I would rather I would rather make three phone calls to highly qualified leads that have come through to you rather than spending forty calls, forty cold calls. Yeah, you can still make now, money how, by making forty calls, but you can only make so many calls per day. Yeah, how are you going to get those three qualified leads just waiting for you to call them and pluck them from the tree? Tell me. Come on. Well, if you if you're standing out as a as a top recruiter naturally top candidates are going to want to work with the best recruiter. Right? So that's one way. But the, the system itself qualifies inbound leads. We've got, a, we've got a specific wizard that will do that for us that we're building out. Um, and look, I can show it to you I, I action, didn't, I, I didn't ask you for an ad for recruiterly. I said, how do I get those three? <laughs> Just in general. Tell me, you know, you didn't say, you, you, you're talking so fast about we got a system with it. That's not getting the message across. I want to know. Okay. How you do it, how you get those three hot leads so you don't have to call a bunch of people. And then if, it, it, you know, then if Recruiterly helps me do that, you could explain it. Just tell me, if I don't, I don't have to make 40 or 80 calls. I only have to make three. How does that work? Okay. I, I, I'll simplify it. My personal example, right? Hold on a so second. Does a anybody lot, agree? I, I, oh, wait. Wait. Michael G. Cox, are you still on the call? <laughs> Michael. Yes, I am. Yeah. Is this guy does this guy talk too fast? 
No. Oh, yes, he does. Go ahead. He, he okay. does. Oh, sorry. Yes, yeah. he does. Okay. No, 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 no. I can't understand what he's saying. Go ahead. Tell right, me how I'll, you get I'll those. I'll slow it down. I'll yeah. give you an example. So I do a lot of work on LinkedIn, right? And I have candidates approaching me because they see me as an industry professional. They see me as someone who happen? talks about industry. How does the industry. that happen? How does that they, happen? They approach me on LinkedIn. Branding. How do you brand yourself? Be detailed. Tell me exactly what you're doing. Do you remember I when I called myself the social industry. media headhunter? Hold on branding. a second. <laughs> no one's okay, Jim, if you, want to, if you want to answer for him, Jim, go ahead. But just one at a time. Well, just, Jim. Basic, it's just basic, it's basic branding. By calling myself the social media headhunter, people assumed I had an expertise in it. I might have yeah. done nothing. Remember when I did the CNC stuff? I called myself a CNC recruiter. They wouldn't okay. know because all they see is some basics. So we say big company name, or they assume that you have that expertise. It's more likely yeah, to talk Jim, to you if they've Jim, seen how did it you get your, How did you get your brand out there so everybody in the, in the industry knew that you were the CNC headhunter? Or, you know, come on. Ah, the see, social... see, this is where it gets, it, gets, it gets dirty. I spent 10 years learning how to do it, and then I knew how to fake it whenever I needed something. <laughs> but that's the, that's the problem with this is the idea that somehow you could just step in. It's the same thing with calls. If you didn't make 40 calls in the morning, you can't hire a 23-year-old and expect them to have the quality that any of your senior recruiters have. And by saying we don't need to make phone calls anymore, we are eating our seed yeah. corn. We're not training people on the things that need to be done, which is why there's a massive, massive loss for young recruiters right now. They think they can make 10 calls a day and be successful, and that's Never been the case. Okay, so you think that, that Matt is misleading young people after he's had the advantage of old school. He's leading them down a, a path of folly. Okay, well, he's, let's switch. He's to, not hiring entry-level recruiters. It's not his job to train them. So yes, he, he wants is. to hire he's, people. He's, he owns, he owns a, a recruiting firm. He owns a recruiting firm. Okay, let's go so to the guys, guest. So, okay, Jim, The only Jim, way you're I'm, good at that – Go the ahead. only way you're Finish off. those three calls that are very important or because you've done the 40 calls previous to that? Oh, boy, we're really going after this guy. That's Michael G. Cox on my side for once. Okay, Matt <laughs> James I, I agree. Gibbs. You agree? Yeah. No, I don't I agree. agree. If you've got a, if you've got a junior making 40 calls, how much damage does that do to your brand as a recruitment company if they're doing, making the wrong calls? The training has to happen, but, you know, you need to be more targeted with the work that you do. You need to be more efficient. Um, so, no, I, I don't believe you should be just pounding the phones making 100, you know, cold calls, 80 cold calls a day. I think there needs to be training and coaching, and I've always trained my consultants to make phone calls. I mean, it's a key part of the job, but I don't believe you should blindly call 40 people. You need to be targeted. Relevant. Okay, hold on. Nobody said blindly cold calling anybody. What? Nobody said Mike? blindly cold call. Okay. Look, so developing you, you your do... own personal brand, it's all about developing your own personal brand, however you do it. And you have to come across as the subject matter expert and the person that they're sure. going to go to and answer to you. And the only way you can do that is either through cold calling and sounding like an expert and being that expert or by doing the other thing. Or, or a combination of which, which is emailing and um, and uh, branding yourself. People are the, the ones you're What's trying to go thing? after Hold are on. not looking hey, for the. I'm not a mind reader. What's that other thing? You said <laughs> making a bunch of calls or that other thing? What's that other thing? 
or doing your branding via internet. I mean, look, I do a, th- a two and a half prong approach because I've never made cold calls in 20, year- 20 years of doing this, and I probably suffer for it a little bit. But I do a lot of branding through internet, through using LinkedIn and reaching out to people, and also via email. Uh, and uh, and then I get more calls. Hold on. You, you said I do branding, but you never say how. How are you doing your branding? Are you writing articles? <laughs> I read. Uh, what are you doing? No, that's bullshit. Excuse me. Writing articles and sounding like it is bullshit. You got to be able to help people, and they got to think, hey, how can this person help me? And I tell them, here's who I am, and I'm constantly reaching out. I'm not going to tell you how I do it specifically because I don't want to give away my secret sauce, but I'm constantly reaching out to uh, people on LinkedIn and just building my network and saying, hey. This is what I do. Look at my profile, and when you're ready to make a move, let's talk. Boom! I get probably you know fifteen Paul, people. Paul, this is agree. this is Paul, right? Paul, that's the exact yeah. same thing yeah. as making a phone call. There's no difference, okay? That's that's cold calling. That's right. But the point he's yeah. making, and I agree with it, is nobody's returning phone calls anymore. Yeah, he didn't say that. Okay, hold on. We're gonna go, Matt James Gibbs. <laughs> yep. That's your Twitter name. See, one one name's not enough. He's got to have three. Okay, so how do you do your branding? Like a serial because killer. A, yeah, yeah. How do you do your branding, Matt? What is it that you do that makes you people know you, so you only have to make three calls? Go ahead. Now's your chance. Well, you have to raise your industry profile, right? So you can share industry-relevant content to your audience. Ow. You know, add some of the people. No, no, no. Ow, ow. Remember, you, you, slow you, you, down. Okay. Okay. Ow. Okay. You might want to find industry-relevant blogs or articles, and you might want to share those on LinkedIn with your audience, and you might want to engage with your audience on LinkedIn or other social channels. I mean, How? typical brand How? building. I mean, how? How do you engage? I've just told you how to engage. You know, find a group, talk with people, post an article, encourage comments, engage with people in those comments. You just need to build your profile in your relevant industry, and they're warming up leads. That's effectively all you're doing with brand building. I mean, you can't create a brand overnight. Yes, you can change your statement on what you are on LinkedIn, but if you warm up your leads as the industry expert, they're going to be far more receptive when you call How long does that take? How long long does that take? How long? How long is a piece of string? It's an impossible question to answer. That's not a, that's not a, no, you gave a specific thing. I don't have to make 40 calls. I can just make three. How long does it take to uh, develop, uh, you know, that kind of expertise in your niche where you know exactly who to call and they know who you are. They're waiting for you to call. You can't give it six months, three days. I don't know. What is it? You well, think it all to start, okay. if, we, if we if we take a step back, now I didn't ever I didn't say that you only make three calls. I just said I would rather make three phone calls than make forty calls. Oh, 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 don't play games with me. You said make three that's calls. What I, I I gotta do uh, an ad. Well, I gotta do an ad. Look, well, you know why? Because I'm wasting I, I have, I'm wasting I'm wasting good air time trying to wrangle okay. a straight answer out of you. Don't make me do that, okay? I'm gonna do an ad right now. Sure. Hi everybody. Recruiting animal here for. Are you excited? I am. Okay, the show's exciting. This guy's got to answer the questions. But let me move on. Okay, I'm I'm just confused. Recruiting animal here for Honit. H O N E I T. Honit. What is it? It's phone interview technology. I'm going to tell you how it works. The candidate and recruiter dial into an interview just with their regular phone. Okay, it's very easy. They have the regular interview on the phone, but here's the thing. It's recorded. 
So you come out with an audio recording that's automatically turned into a transcript that you can search for keywords and read it. Okay, so you don't have to worry. This is the most important thing. You don't have to worry about taking notes fast enough or typing fast enough or missing some detail. It's all there for you. Okay, this is a, a robot, a machine doing some good work for you. And then it makes it really easy to share that information with anybody else involved in the hiring of this candidate. Here's something else. There are certain questions that are more important than others. When you come to that question in the interview, you press a button, you talk about it. When you're finished talking about it, you press another button. That part of the conversation is separated as a, an individual clip. And you send those to the hiring manager and you say, hey, this key question, it's right here. This other key question, right here. They can dive right in and hear what the candidate has to say without any mediation from you. Okay? And so that's essentially it. So I want you to go check it out at Hone It. H O N E I T dot com. Hone It dot com. The phone interview technology. Okay. Back to Matt James Gibbs. He's you know, he's dodging the question, how long does it take? for me to build a brand. Okay, now, where did we leave him? He, first he said, I'd rather make three calls, but then he says he didn't really say you only have to make three calls. Okay, uh, clear that up for me, please. Matt. Well, I was just clearing up what I actually said. What I said was, you know, instead of making the 40 cold calls, I would rather make three highly qualified phone calls. Let me break something down to you. I was just thinking about this while you're doing that ad. So let's say I build my brand. I've got 40,000 followers on Twitter or LinkedIn. If I then post a job ad or I post a request for a candidate, you know, I, I can reach 40,000 people with that post. That's the point about brand building. No, that's you how can't. You scale businesses. No, you can't. I've got 25,000 followers on Twitter. If I ask a question, hmm. I don't get an answer. And I'll tell you, so I'll tell you why. Because if you've got a large number of followers or connections, that's not the real number. Half of those guys have disappeared, okay? They don't have any kind. They're, you know, they've abandoned their accounts or they're not paying any attention. And then the others, they just don't see. They don't see what you're putting out there. 40,000, you're lucky if it really turns into a few hundred who are actually paying attention to you. But you continue. That's just my interjection. Go ahead. Yeah, I think that's dependent on the brand as well. Not everyone wants to engage with every brand. And I think that's a decision you make in, in terms of the brand you build for yourself. Yours is unique, Michael. Maybe not everyone wants to engage with your brand. I get answers to my questions on Twitter. You know, I put up polls and I get, you know, I think I had something in the order of 960-plus responses to a poll that I've But you think you're better so, than no. me, eh? Well, you're not. I got to talk. I don't believe it. <laughs> go ahead. Well, maybe I can learn something from you. I okay, to, let I me calm down. So, go ahead. Okay, so here you are. Sorry, I interrupted. I said, please explain this thing with the three calls, and then I interrupted. Finish <laughs> off what you were saying. Okay, sorry. I believe I've answered the question. I would rather make three highly qualified phone calls, which is typically how I run my business now because I'm running two different companies. I will make highly qualified targeted calls that will give me an outcome. I would much rather do that than 40 cold calls. I'm not saying there's not a need for training when you're a young recruiter, but there's also damage to a brand when a recruiter makes a bad phone call to a okay, senior Okay, but manager. how did we get to, sorry, I, I, sorry, sorry, I know I'm screwing it up myself. How did we get to those three calls? I, I, I'm lost. Well, if you build your... It's just that one-on-one -on -one recruiting. If you know your niche, you know the calls to make. It's simple. I don't understand what you don't understand. But how did you come to know those calls? 
by talking to people on the comments on, Research, on uh, LinkedIn. Research, Research, you know, building a brand, inbound leads, getting referrals from people you know in the industry. Lots of typical stuff you do as a recruiter. Um, but you're better off warming up the work that you do and becoming a little bit more efficient. Oh, okay. Okay. Anything else you want to talk about? <laughs> no. What time did you get up today? What time did you get up today? Um, 5.30. 5.30? When did you go to bed last night? I'm wondering what a successful man, uh, what kind of uh, regimen he, he, he keeps for his day. When did you go to bed? Well, 10 o'clock? 11.30. 11.30, and you you got up at 5.30. Hmm. Good for you. Okay. And what time did you start work? Oh, I quarter to six. Enough time to grab myself Quarter. a coffee. Mm, do you think it's important to get up early, you know, the 6 o'clock club, club kind of thing? I don't. I don't think it's important. Oh, look, not everyone's a morning person. It works for me. I get more done. I've got some quiet time. There's no distractions. It works for me. It won't work for everyone. Some people prefer to work okay. late. It's, it's totally Are you an extrovert? Are you an extrovert? No, introvert. Okay, so an extroversion is not the key to being a good recruiter. You don't have to be really talkative or anything like that. You don't have to be outgoing. Well, I'm an introvert, but I'm able to talk on the phone. I'm able to, to build relationships. Just because you're an introvert doesn't mean you, you're able to do the job of, of, of a recruiter, if that's what uh-huh. you're alluding to. Okay, yeah, I guess I was. Uh, so uh, you just like being by yourself, ideally, but you're, you're willing to talk to people if you have to. Is that what you're saying? Well, introversion versus extroversion. Extroverts get their energy from engaging with lots of people. Introverts need time away. Yeah, okay, okay, fine. I'm just trying to find out some, you know, fun ways to, you know, close off the show. What should we talk about? Is there something that uh, you know that most recruiters don't or, you know, that you, you, you talk to a lot of recruiters? Uh, what, what do you want to tell me? Um, I think the biggest challenge from speaking to recruiters is just the recruiters that hate fighting with stigma, right? And, you know, I think that's an important thing that we're trying to tackle. There's, you know, everyone on this, on this that's listening in and um, talking on this podcast is, is a professional, right? And they're probably very, very good at what they do. So why battle against the year one recruiter that works for a massive big box fan? Um, so, yeah, I hate the stigma. It frustrates me. I'm very good at what, what I do, so I don't want to have to fight that anymore, and we want to raise the standard of the industry. Let me, let me, let me just, okay, I, I'm going to make this the final question. You know, you've been yeah. talking about building your brand and saying that you're, uh, you're, uh, you're sort of a know-it-all in the industry so that people trust you and et cetera. But I've talked to lots of recruiters on my Facebook group, and they say, you know, they're quite willing to take searches that they don't know anything about, and they've done it many times. They just get on the phone uh, or, you know, on an email with somebody uh, that they're trying to recruit, and they say, look, I've got to be honest with you, I don't know anything. Can you tell me if you're good for this job? Can you educate me a bit? They say it works. That's the exact opposite of what you've been telling me. Is that right or wrong? I don't think that's got anything to do with what I'm telling you. That's, that's just recruiters taking unspecified jobs from clients and then not knowing anything about their niche. I don't think it's got anything to do with what I'm saying. Um, yeah, they say using it it you don't have to build your brand. You can, you can recruit good people without knowing anything. In, mind you, you won't get people coming to you. You have to go out to reach out to them. Yeah, but what, what, you know, give me a metric in terms of how long those recruiters stay successful, how long they stay in the industry. Do they burn out? 
I got to tell you, the people, who, that yeah, the people who tell me they do that are very successful, at least some of them. Anybody want to come in on that one? Am I all on my own? When I know that I, I, I'm talking about something lots of recruiters do, am I by myself on this? <laughs> yeah, I am. I, I would, okay. I would yeah. never but I'm on the I would never train a recruiter to get mad at me. <laughs> Pardon, Jim. Jim will get the last word. What were you saying, Jim? I said I would talk about it, but I'm on the elliptical, and I don't want you to get mad at me for voice quality. I can hear everything you say today. Make the last statement. Talk about that, and we'll close it off. You're talking about the difference between tactics and strategy. Having a niche is great. Your SAP or your digital marketing or a specific kind of accounting, until that niche goes away or other people flood it. So it's, it's not a universal. It's what works today six months, six years from now, and are you an owner or an individual trying to make money? If I make 300 in a year, I'm pretty okay if I don't do it the same this next year. Okay, so then you might have to switch your niche. <laughs> and, and so on the one hand, you can build your identity in a certain market, but you have to be versatile and be willing to go out and start again and tell people you don't know anything uh, in this market yet, but you're, you're willing to, to learn. Is that what you're telling us? Jim? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Last word. Thank you very much, Jim. I want to thank Michael G. Cox, Paul Lipman. They're, those are always great guys to have on the show. And Matt James Gibbs, the co-founder of Recruiterly. That's Recruiterly.com. Anything else you want to say about that, Matt? Nah, all good. I've enjoyed it. It's been a lot of fun. I have, too. Recruiterly. Matt James. I just same old thing. I, as a recruiter, there's there's nothing I'm gonna now take to my desk and I am in a state of constant listening, learning and applying. That's my thing. I got nothing from this show. I'm not gonna do anything. I disagree with that. I disagree with that. Okay. Good for you. That's unacceptable. That's unacceptable. Okay, good for you. I disagree with that. I just wrote a post for Animal saying boycott Animal's radio show until he stops criticizing job seekers. Ooh. But Animal says that his show is not about <laughs> criticism, that it's about spiritual, libera- spiritual it liberation. It is. It is. Oh, please.